listeners and viewers to another week of education, the Teachers Talking Terror podcast for myself, Mike. And myself, Courtney. Are back to cover a kind of a double dip as uh, it was your week to bring a movie to the table, but it also satisfies a scratch off poster movie. So we are here this week to talk about the 1990 Adrian Lind film, Jacob's Ladder. Uh, I've seen this movie once and I remember bits and pieces of it, but it felt like a brand new movie to me for yeah. sure. Um, and definitely a different type of horror than what we've dealt with thus far yes. on the show. Um, I really can't think of any other horror movies that we've covered that are similar in I know. feel to this one. Yeah. Um, definitely a horror film, but not in the jump scare way. Although there were a couple and not in the slasher way. I don't know. It's just more of a psychological, but even then it wasn't. It wasn't playing games like with our minds. It was right playing games yeah. with character. Yeah. So Jacob Slatter, uh, Tim Robbins, Elizabeth Pena, Danny Aiello. Then you got some supporting characters, Ving Rhames and Eric LaSalle. Like for someone like myself growing up in, you know, in the 80s and 90s, um, a lot of these faces were in a lot of different things. So a lot of familiarity for me like hey it's that guy oh look it's jason alexander you know but mm -hmm. definitely for someone of the younger generation like myself, <laughs> i could see him be like yeah i don't know who ving rames is yeah uh, no. although although you do a little bit remember when we covered uh dawn of the dead remake yeah they were like the mall zombies uh-huh um he was the like the black police officer Okay. That, that like rescued the white lead from her car when she wrecked it. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, you've seen him before, but uh, not as big of a role in this one. Right. As in that one. So this movie kicks off with Vietnam. Yes. Um, and obviously never been military. You haven't either. Uh, but it gives us a glimpse of what I think a lot of what the movies at least show us you know, foreign wars are like, mm -hmm. yes, there's battle, but really it's just a, kind of a lot of sitting around protection wise. Um, yeah. And that's what it is. You've got this team of soldiers, Jacob being one of them, uh, Jacob Singer, and uh, they're just in this village in Vietnam and we see them socializing, hanging out, you know, just killing time really. Yeah. And, uh, and then they just come under attack. Yeah. And he is, um, yeah, he's like, he takes a, what was it? Like a, a bayonet. Yeah. Bayonet. Yeah. As um, he's trying to run off. But even before he gets there, like they all had like, they were all drinking some tea or something like that. Like, yes. you know, it was just nothing suspicious, but then some of the behavior of the guys before the attack, yeah almost set them up for failure during the attack as mm -hmm. some of just went completely like catatonic um you know some were experiencing like some seizures and some twitches and it was just yeah. really odd behavior and then of course then they get attacked and like you mentioned jacob trying to run away he was the only one that really kind of got away yeah and then he gets stabbed by a bayonet um and we find out that's a flashback Yes, because he, he yeah. wake, wakes up. 
yeah, he wakes up and it's like on the subway in New York. So yeah. we're like, oh, okay. He was just dreaming of what, you mm-hmm. know, of his experience in Nam. Yeah. Um, and then things are still weird though. Like, you know, he's, he, he's like gets off the train. Well, he'd fallen asleep and he couldn't remember um, because he was asleep if they passed his stop or not. And he asks this lady who uh, just really like, it's kind of a spooky look on her face. Yeah. And she doesn't answer. She just stares right into the camera. <laughs> so he gets off at the next stop and he sees this homeless man sleeping. Well, he does a double take because it looks like this homeless guy's got a tail or something. Yeah. It's you know, really it's, weird. Yeah. And it's like just these little subtle things that are like, huh, okay. <laughs> you know, but then again, we just saw his flashback. We know yeah. that veterans deal with PTSD. Like... You know, so we're already thrown off a little bit of, are we seeing what Jacob is seeing or are we seeing Jacob seeing things? Right. You know, it's, it's, we're really not sure what, where we are with that. Whose point of view are we looking at? Because we're only like eight minutes into the movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He tries to get out of the subway station. It's all locked up. Um, He, you know, he needs to go find another exit. He ends up on the tracks, starts, instead of going to the exit, just starts walking yeah. the subway tracks. Like, what is that, what is that going to help you with? Yeah, it's. I guess almost, he was going for, like, where the subway goes out of underground I, or whatever, possibly, but. Possibly, almost I gets hit by a train. But, like, as he dives out of the way of the train, like, everybody in the train is, like, yeah. smashed up against the windows looking at him. Yeah. And they're all just real nondescript faces. It's just. It's eerie because we know nothing yet. Yeah. Except for what Jacob is experiencing. And he doesn't even know what he's experiencing. So we're really thrown for that double loop. Um, We do find out it's like four years later after Vietnam. Uh, He works at a post office. uh, And he lives with his girlfriend, Jezebel. Mm -hmm. He calls it it Jez. Um, You know, apparently he had a family before the war. Uh... You know, and they are not to, yes are not together anymore. And He's really, go ahead. The little boy. Sorry, I just no, no, you're good. Um, I do, I do know an actor in here, Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and, but like not well. I mean, obviously, I recognize him from Home Alone. Uh-huh. But it's like. Why was he always like the sad one in movies? Because my girl, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, my I wife want to cry I, thinking about it. <laughs> my wife, my wife said the same thing when we saw this, and because uh, his youngest son, yeah, uh, was Macaulay Culkin, and he had died in an accident before Jacob even went to war, and so mixed with the PTSD, it's not that he's forgotten his family, but it's more like out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And then he like gets his wallet out and there's a picture of his son, Gabe, in the wall, and he just loses it. And it's understandable. Yeah, yeah um, very much you know, so. Like war tore his life apart and he still hasn't put it back together yet. Um, but yeah, my wife said the same thing after we saw Macaulay Culkin die in this movie. And of course he died in yeah. My Girl and he had a real rough time in a couple of Home Alone movies and... <laughs> 
you know, and she's just like, man, he just he had a rough childhood. <laughs> like, no wonder he's rough as an adult. Like, he's straightened up now, though. He has, but he's he did have he did have a oh, path, yeah. and I'm just like, they killed him in every. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like and if the they kid didn't... was either fending for himself against robbers, right. and you know, or they killed him, and I'm just like, there, oh my goodness. There was a movie he was in called The Good Son. Uh, he and Elijah Wood were in it, and he was ironically like he was the bad kid in that one like murderous and and so even when he couldn't like he just couldn't catch a break now yeah. now he he did have a good family and uncle buck yes yeah he so at least uncle buck was his saving grace <laughs> um, um but yeah jacob is still just like it's like it, he's not he's just trying to live his life Mm-hmm. Like there was that scene where he's, I don't know if he's walking to work or after work, but like the, uh, the group of girls on the street that were kind of hollering yeah. after being a postman, which is, it was a really cute scene. Yeah. Yeah. And Cause they just, seemed to like really look up to him or yeah, whatever. You know? It's like, you know, he was a respected guy at his community, yeah. I suppose. And then, but then like, I don't know where that car whips around the corner. And it's got these faces in it. Yeah, that... Or faceless. People. yeah it's, like they almost look like voldemort yeah, yeah a part of it like it just like you could tell that they were supposed to be faces but it's like they were just shadows where right their holes should have been um yeah it's just weird stuff yeah right? weird stuff he he's starting to think I, something's broken like mm-hmm. like this this isn't right and good for him to have that foresight to recognize i need some help yeah. So he goes to his doctor at the VA hospital, who then casts them off as like, Bye, we've got no record of you yeah. being here. You're like it was almost here. kind of an inconvenience that he was there. Right. Yeah. You know, you've you've never been a patient here. Um, and then he finds out that his doctor died in a car explosion. Yeah. <laughs> so and it's like you would think that he would have known about that by now, but apparently not. Um it's just more weird and odd stuff happening all the time. Uh, he goes to a party. Um, well, actually, he didn't. It, was it his birthday? I think. Yes. He he didn't want a party, and when right. he came and when he came home, Jez had thrown him a party. Yes. A big surprise party, um, complete with a psychic. Because what party is complete without a psychic? Mm-hmm. Uh, who then reads his poems. This reminded me a lot of like um, uh, Stir of Echoes. Yes. And that's what, like when you said it was hard to like compare, mm-hmm. that is like the only one that I can think of like psychological wise. Right. That that it's, one was, a, yeah, that one had yeah. a little bit more straightforward plot. Yes. Yes. Because we knew something happened. It was kind of ghosty, but this was just like, what's all going on? Yeah. <laughs> so like he gets his poem read, the psychic's like, yeah. You're already dead. Yeah, which and was he's like, like, yeah, it's like, well, you're a bad psychic, like, because yeah, clearly because I'm here. <laughs> I was like, so then I was like thinking, like, okay, like, is he dead? Like, is this all just like, you know? Yeah, it, it really gets you thinking, like, and I, I feel like I, not that I paid more attention, but like I kind of came at the rest of the movie with like a different mindset, kind of because it was. It was kind of there like, were, okay, what? <laughs> yeah, there, there's layers here. Yeah. And and whether, and they're not easy to die. It's not like a mystery where you're trying to right. figure out who did it. It's like, yeah. there's, something's 
not unfolding for us yet. And, and we needed to pay attention because, mm -hmm. you know, there may have been a clue. And, and so at this party, like just again, more weird stuff. Yeah. Like Jez wants to dance. He doesn't want to dance. He sees her dancing and then it just gets like really sexual. Yeah. And then like really violently sexual, but all from his perspective. <clears throat> um, you know, to where he just, he looks, he thinks he's seeing his yeah. girlfriend just being attacked. Yeah. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, and then of course he just collapses because his mind is breaking. Mm-hmm. Turns out he's got like 106 fever. Yeah. <laughs> like, and... you know, she does the right thing. She's freaking yes. out. She goes, she goes and gets help. She gets him an ice bath. They finally get him in the ice bath. Um, you know, and so it's, it's like, okay, now it's, maybe it's a fever dream, you know, like yeah. maybe some of this is, it's all kind of blurring together a little mm -hmm. bit, but then he, like he wakes up yeah. and he's in like a hospital room and his yeah. wife and kids come in. Yeah. And, and it's like the, the first wife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like not, not Jez. She's not yeah. even on the radar. It's yeah. His, his and it's wife. just crazy and because complete, it's a whole nother yeah. world. Complete that he's with Gabe. In. Like, you know, yeah. the son that we know is dead is alive. So again, we're like, it has to be a fever dream because mm -hmm. you've established he has a fever. So that makes sense. Um, we get some flashbacks to Vietnam. Uh, you know, soldiers being taken away by helicopters, medical. Um, yeah. You know, like medical doc you know, well like military doctors we see jez as like a nurse yeah and and so we're like okay uh does he know her before they did yeah. is this where they met you know it's just un a bunch of unanswered questions um and then really the plot starts to tighten up mm -hmm. after all like we i don't know we're probably 35 40 minutes into the movie at yeah. least of of all of this just oddities just these weird things happening to jacob we're not sure what they are he's not sure what they are mm -hmm. um and then one of one of his platoon mates which is kind of odd because we just saw them all get wiped out yeah. at the beginning of the movie Turns yeah out they're, all, they're all still alive <laughs> which all is like okay whatever but yeah <laughs> so um one of them contacts him calls him out of nowhere and was like hey i'm having these visions I've got these weird things going on where Jacob's like, me too. So at least for me, I'm like, okay, the, we're starting to connect the dots now. The plot's mm -hmm. headed somewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, he and Paul, that's this guy's name. We saw him at the beginning, but he was the one that just kind of went catatonic, just sat yeah. there as everything's going on around him. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're walking to Paul's car, you know, just chatting, they finally feel like they've got someone that'll listen. Um, like Jacob, like drops a coin. Paul continues on. Paul gets in his car. His car blows up. And yeah. we're like, oh, this is the second car explosion. Yeah. Tied to people, you know, in, in mm -hmm. Jacob's circle. Um, a stranger, which he comes back. A stranger comes up and kind of saves Jacob from this explosion. Um, and then just takes off like, mm -hmm. but we see him and then he's just kind of not there anymore. Um, 
they got a funeral for Paul where the rest of um, the rest of the platoon show up. So you know, now everybody's back supposedly together. Supposedly died. Yeah, it's like yeah. we thought we saw them die, <laughs> but they all show back up as civilians. Um, yeah, and know. they're all like just talking and like they realize like they're all experiencing these yeah. thi- same yeah. just terrifying. And like vision. this scene, and I know we I keep comping to other movies, like this scene reminded me of like Nightmare on Elm Street where all the teenagers are sitting around sharing what their nightmares uh-huh. are about. And then they're all like, Oh no, we're yeah. all having the same thing. Yeah. It's like, they didn't want to admit it. Like one uh-huh. of them just like a tear drop from, I mean, just because they've all been experiencing this, experiencing this stuff individually. And then, but too afraid to say anything. And now that the truth is out, they realize something's going on. Yeah. Um, they think that, they were subjected to some type of military experiment that they didn't realize. And that's what was leading to all these hallucinations. Um, and so they do the proper thing. Look, we need to get a lawyer, right? Let's get a lawyer yeah. on this. Let's get to the bottom of this. You know, if the military has been experimenting on us, we deserve some yeah. compensation. Um, they hire a lawyer. He finally decides to take their case. And then like, what felt like a day later, the lawyer calls him and is like, I'm not taking your case. Yeah. All, all your friends backed out. They all did. And it's like, which was hard to believe because we just saw them all like high five at each other coming out of the courthouse. Yes. Like they were excited that they were finally going to get to the bottom of this. And they're like, no, they all, they all backed out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, you know, they, he calls one of his friends, like, what's going on? He's like, don't call me anymore. You yeah. Know, like, you can't call me. Cuts back and, like, the rest of the platoon are in this guy's apartment. Like, so we realized, man, why Why is everybody turning on Jacob? The lawyer finally reveals that I got to digging around. You guys, you guys were never in combat. Which is just, like, insane. Like, they yeah. were just, they were just released because they had... I mean, some mental issues. Yeah. Um, like they just, they psychologically were messed up. Yeah. Which even further proves Jacob's theory that, yeah, you know, what they had yeah. to have been doing tests on us. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah. And so it, it just like Jacob's stranded. Yeah. Um, you know, he's alone. And like mentally alone in New York, he thought Very. he had his thought he had his platoon mates behind him. They don't thought he had a lawyer. They don't thought he had the truth. Now he's doubting that. <laughs> he gets abducted by a bunch of guys. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know that are just like basically stay out of it, mm-hmm. leave us alone. Um, yeah, he does escape. Like kind of a cool backseat fight. Like yeah. You could tell, like, he's fighting for survival. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, like, falls out of the car and really hurts his back. Like, can't move. They take him to the hospital. And then they take him deeper into the hospital. And it's like, this was a really cool scene because they were in a hospital. And this is another one where, like, 
I think Jez showed up as a nurse. Yeah. And you're like, okay, she doesn't look like she knows him. <laughs> no. But they're like, you know, we got to take him to whatever wing or whatever. And then like, he's kind of blinking in and out. We kind of see his change, his vision change. But it's like, they're in like this, like decrepit, like abandoned, like what look like a mental yeah. hospital. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so this whole time though, he we he mentioned we saw it earlier but we haven't seen it since is um he's got a chiropractor friend yes that's, that's really looking out for him at one point he, he even tells at one point he even tells him because we see him with like the light behind him and he's like you know mm -hmm. from this angle you look like an angel and it's kind of how he acts for jacob yeah um and yeah. and lewis the chiropractor he shows up at this hospital um because in this hospital, they told him that Jacob, you're you're dead. Like, this is the second time in this movie that somebody has told a living Jacob that he's dead. Yeah. Um, and Lewis shows up, and you know, takes him from the hospital, and performs this chiropractic stuff on his back and gets him straightened out. Um. And so it's it's just like. We think we're headed down a path of of sense, something yeah. that's kind of like, okay, we're going <laughs> to make some sense of this movie. And then just, nope, we've got nope. more left turns for you. Yeah, it's like, just go ahead and just, you know, yeah. turn away now. Yeah. And um, so he, this is where the guy from earlier comes back into Yeah, yeah the guy that saved him from that car, that car, or not yes. car explosion. Yes. Um. And it kind of, I don't know, like he, I mean, like he's explaining, you know, like what, what's been going on. Yeah. And, um, come to find out he, um, made this drug and it's called the, the ladder, the lab. Right. And, yeah. um, and it was supposed to like cause them to be more aggressive towards other you know the enemy right, right. but they just had so much aggression towards each other yeah because even after they were drinking the tea at the beginning they yeah were getting really feisty yeah. with one another and um like it was given to them and that's what that's what was in the tea like we saw them like you had just said like drinking at the beginning mm -hmm. um and like they just they went crazy <laughs> absolutely yeah. crazy after drinking this yeah and then the army covered him up yeah you know because obviously they were testing this drug on them without their consent yeah. to where you know now it all kind of clicks you know we finally we have that character that finally makes sense of everything for us mm -hmm. um i'm like oh okay yeah he's not crazy there was some of this going on that story um you know, flashes us back to Jacob and we see when he gets that bayonet in the belly, mm -hmm. um, it was actually a, like a fellow American soldier that did it. Yeah. Because they all, had, like you said, they had all kind of turned on each other because of this drug. Um, and so Jacob has another kind of awakening where he's back home. Um, like he's sitting on his couch, but not not his apartment with Jez, but home. home. Right. Yeah. And he's sitting Before. on this couch and he's just kind of waiting. 
like we don't know what he's waiting for, but he, he's it goes from like day to night, night to day kind of thing. Um, and then Gabe is sitting at the foot of the stairs and is basically like, you know, come on, dad, let's go upstairs, yeah. takes him by the hand, leads him upstairs. I mean, very clearly a metaphor yeah. for, yeah. for, for death and going, you know, to the beyond, you know, you got the bright light and you're going upstairs and you're with someone who's already passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, when he gets to yeah. the top of this, we flash back to Nam and he's laying on a gurney table kind of thing and a triage tent um after being stabbed by this bayonet the doctors are trying to save him and they can't and so he he dies like we we see the bookend of this whole story the only parts that really matter were the very beginning of the movie mm-hmm. and then the very end of the movie and everything in the middle was just quote unquote Jacob's life flashing before yeah. his eyes even though everything that flashed before his eyes was life that we didn't see. Like right. he never lived it. He never experienced it. No. Um, you know, but that's, that was a, a lead of, you know, why the hallucinations, but yeah, none of that existed. It was all just cooked up in Jacob's dying mind. And uh, the doctors, you know, take his dog tag off and, you know, the kind of note and conversation that, well, he put up a fight, you know, and mm-hmm. he just, he's, he looks really peaceful. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, and that's really, that's it for the movie is, yeah, that's the, closing. he was serving in Vietnam. They did try this hallucinatory, this, uh, chemical on his platoon. They turned on each other and Jacob was just fighting to stay alive and died. And we just watched his whole trip yeah. of that drug that he took yeah his ladder as they say you know climbing and climbing climbing. so uh and that's it that's jacob's ladder yeah it's a lot (laughs) yeah it is and and, but i i I really think that sitting and watching it we broke it down over a couple of nights i i they did a really good job with it yeah they did i i liked this movie um it Again, like if you want the horror for the jump scares, like you had mentioned earlier, stuff like you're not going to find there, that here. There, there were There's a couple. couple. Yes. You know the 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 twitchy head yeah. guy in yes. the hospital, the face in the back of the car. Mm-hmm. Even when when Jez is like getting in his face and she's got kind of demon look. Yeah. Like large. Yeah. Those you know, like large black pupils. Eyes. Yeah. You know, and it's like yeah. it's just that one scene. And it's all mm-hmm. in Jacob's mind, which yeah. now we realize the whole thing was in Jacob's mind. Um, but like, there are a couple that that they're they're well established that they're in there and you don't see them coming. Yeah. So they so they do catch you off guard when they happen because mm-hmm. everything is kind of a slow burn. But uh, but yeah, they just they did a really good job of tying it up. Like you're supposed to be confused through the movie. Yes. Because it none of it makes sense like it's yeah. a dying man's like thoughts. we're we're on the trip with them yeah uh and so you know they did a really good job establishing the beginning and the end and then it's like okay like i'm not supposed to get it right and so by tying that up at the end because i really don't like it when a movie leaves off and it just stays yeah. confusing um mm-hmm. what did i just watch this one does a nice yeah. job tying it up yep it does um 
if you were to grade this movie, I know we're on Thanksgiving break, so we're not really doing schoolwork, but if you were to grade this film, what would you grade it? I'm going to give it a B. Okay. Just because it's like, it's probably not one that I would watch again. Um, right. Not a big war movie person. And this does Same. have a lot of war in it. Uh, Casey would probably love this movie. He's very into war movies. Um. If I told him it wasn't a horror movie, he'd probably love it. But yeah, tell, so tell him it's tell him it's a <laughs> yeah. horror movie. Yeah, <laughs> war and horror. Um, it's a horror. <laughs> but yeah, I would I'd give it a B. Okay, yeah, I I think that's a fair grade. You know, I, this is probably a high B, not quite a B plus, but closer to a B plus than a B minus. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's a good film. It was a well made film. Um, well acted, nobody was obnoxious, everybody, you know, did a fine job, told a good story. Um, even though it was confusing, like I mentioned earlier, it's supposed to be. And so seeing it wrap up that way made it easier to digest, I guess. So I'm like, okay, this is supposed to be confusing. Um, and that and that worked for me. So yeah, B B's all around. Nice job, Jacob. Nice job, Jacob. All right, so like we mentioned before the show, our last couple of shows have been super short because we've been leaving out the lessons. We, yeah. we kind of got <laughs> off track doing all of that uh, in, in October, and we left lessons out. And so uh, let's get back into that. So yes. uh, what lesson do you have for this film? Um, what did you take from it? I, I am taking like the PTSD type side and okay. just like if you know someone um I do have a good friend that is um a veteran and some of the stories that like just he said they just give me chills and it's like I didn't even experience that and I so I just think it is important like don't ever take if someone says that they have PTSD from being a veteran being you know serving our country like don't take that lightly because some of those things that you hear are just i i don't know it just i would not survive right yeah i i would i don't think i would be able to do well over in that situation no. either uh i would say my takeaway would be um the importance of kind of piggyback on your PTSD, the importance of understanding mental health. Um, obviously in the nineties, you know, this was 1990. It, it was there, but it wasn't as uh, front burner as it is today. Yeah. But um, vets come back from overseas with more than just physical disability. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say the vast majority of them that suffer are suffering from mental disability yeah. in this sense, the PTSD or something similar. Um, you know, the fear of missing, the fear of loss of family time, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy to keep an eye, you know, when you're like, you're a veteran and they're missing yeah. an arm or a leg, it's easy to sympathize and be like, mm, you know, I see what you've given in war or in battle. Um, but the mental side is uh, obviously much harder to diagnose, much yeah. harder to see, um, especially on those that f battle hard to hide it. And so 
keep that in mind that there is probably a good chance, and I have no stat- statistics to back this up, but there's probably a good chance that any soldier of any military field that has served overseas is dealing with something. Mm-hmm. Um, and just be compassionate about that, regardless of where you stand on you know, US politics and how involved we should be military-wise, et cetera. Um, it's never the soldier's fault you know, right. that the people that are enlisting for our country and serving overseas, they didn't decide on war. Right. Um, and so don't take it out on them. You know, be supportive of what they did sacrifice and what they did give up uh, for our country. So that is my my lesson, I guess. All right, we are time. It's that time of the show where we hit scratch off time. We, yeah. There's a hundred movies on that list. We've watched sixteen of them already. There's eighty four left. Shall I <laughs> shuffle and see where we go? Yes. Okay, we're. we're I hope. Watch... Go can ahead. I tell you what I hope it is? Yeah. The Tale of Two Sisters. Okay. It's not. Oh man, <laughs> it's, it's it's shorter and it's in English. Okay, so there's win win. Uh, what popped up is 1959's House on Haunted Hill. Okay, hour and fourteen minutes long, so it's a quick one. House on Haunted Hill, 1959. Vincent Price, I believe, is in this movie. Ooh, William Castle. William Castle did a lot of like schlocky horror films back in the day. Um, he knew how to make a buck for sure. He would do a lot of, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like O-Ramas. Okay. Um, what I mean by that is he really took to... Um, dressing up movie theaters to add that like like that fourth dimension to his film like for this movie um he filmed this in amergo which doesn't mean anything well um what really what it was is when you went to the theater to watch this movie there would be a skeleton with red like red lit eyes and the sockets attached to a wire that would quote unquote, like float over the audience during some parts of the movie, just adding that extra, you're watching the movie and next thing you know, Oh my gosh, skeleton right there. (laughs) Um, They, there was a, another movie he produced called the tingler. um, And they wired, uh, they wired the theater chairs with um, like a small jolt of electricity that then when in the movie when they would hit the buzzer someone in the theater would hit a buzzer and your chair would would tinkle um and so in like the original 13 ghosts he filmed that i'm reading all this of course on illusion <laughs> each each visitor to the theater would get a pair of handheld ghost viewers um and supposedly like during parts of the movie, you could see ghosts looking through these ghost viewers. Um, but it's just, it's cheesy, super cheesy yeah. stuff. 
Um, but they, but it just was an extra selling point on some of this stuff um, to to ratchet up the quote unquote tension because um, it's 1959. You're not going to be yeah. afraid of it. You're not going to be afraid of this movie, right? Um, but that's okay. Like that's what makes it fun. Is it's like to to think back of Sork and be like, people were afraid of this. Mm-hmm. People were afraid of like a skeleton in the corner. Um, and so horror's come a long way. But yeah, this uh, this movie really plays off. You got a millionaire uh, and his wife. They they have invited uh, five people to their house for a haunted house party, and whoever stays an entire night in the house um, will get ten thousand dollars. Now, it's been remade a couple of different times, I believe. I know at least once, big budget-wise, it was remade. Uh, but that's kind of the, the basis of it is that this is a haunted house. Can yeah. you can you stay here an entire night? And if you do, I'll give you $10,000 because I'm a millionaire. <laughs> um, and so, uh, but yeah, it'll be fun. It'll, it'll be fun. And then we'll get back to the good stuff uh, the following week. We'll find something to shuffle that's really good. <laughs> oh, well, that, well, we're still 36 minutes. Look at us. We're just quick. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're just quick. We are. Um, yeah, that's it for another episode of Deducation. You could find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, YouTube, or um, your favorite podcast app, or how you could digest it. If you're Whatever method you're eating now, you could try the other version. If you don't want to see our faces and just want to listen to us, there you go. Um, But yeah, that's it. We had Jacob Slider this week. We've got the original house on Haunted Hill next week. You got anything to send them out with as we're wrapping up November? Nope. Have a great rest of Thanksgiving break. Yeah. I, I plan on it. It's like my son said yesterday, oh, this break is going too fast. And we're like, dude, you still got three days off. It is going too fast, though. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Like, I got a lot to do, so <laughs> that's okay. All right, well, let's get out of here then. So for Deducation, right. I'm Mike. And I'm Courtney. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.